Welcome to episode two of The Mountains in the Sea, a Prince retrospective where we listen to an album and all of its ancillary materials that we can get our hands on. And we choose a mountain, a sea, and a time capsule. Our mountain is our favorite song. Our sea is our least favorite song. Not that it's bad, just our least favorite. And the time capsule, a song or ancillary material that most encapsulates the time period. This week, we're talking about Love Sexy. We talked about the album last episode, so if you missed that, feel free to go and check that out in your podcast feed. Um, But today, we're going to talk about uh, some secondary songs, videos, different things that we've seen. Uh, I'm Christy. This is Josh. And we are so glad that you joined us today. Where to start? Where to start? Where to start? There's so much good stuff. Man. It's good stuff. I think you got to start with the music because that's so. where it all starts. With Prince so. always has, always will, and everything else revolves around the music. Forever and ever, amen. All right, so we have some B-sides. That's primarily what these are, right? You and got it. extended Yep. Extended mixes. So, exactly. Um, so we, we took a deep dive into these. Christy had not really heard any of these before, uh, I don't that's think. That's not true. No? No. I'd heard Scarlet Pussy before. All right. Um, I think it may have been on a mixtape that you made me at one point, oh. actually. So How dare I? <laughs> um, I'd, just overall, I'd like to say something about all of these songs. Um it really reminds you what an artist Prince was. It wasn't just making music that appealed to people and that would get radio play. When you hear these extended mixes, it's really, he he loved his music. And it's so very evident in that he could just sit down and play for 10 minutes on a song because you could tell he really, it was, it was his soul. It was him speaking for sure, he was good at also identifying what songs kind of make an album um, mm-hmm. and reserving those that maybe didn't fit as well in his mind. You know, you can have a lot of opinions on whether they did or didn't fit, but the amount of material that he had was just enormous. So you almost feel sorry for the guy sitting there thinking, I've got to put 45 minutes of music together and I've got 900 music, minutes of music to choose from. Yeah. And the other fun thing to think about is that a lot of these extended mixes are really the original edited version of the song that were further cut down just to fit on an album. So it might say extended after a song, but what that really means is, oh, here's a version of it that was longer than what was included in the album and probably is shorter than a version that's sitting in a vault somewhere. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It's kind of the director's cut, if you will. It is. We just needed his commentary, although he gives us plenty of of commentary on some of these songs. (laughs) That's also very true. All right. Um, Scarlet Pussy. Let's say. start with Scarlet Pussy All because right. that was that was first on my list. I have of the five songs, so I listened to. <laughs> this is the order that I listened All to right. them in. So it was um, the B side to Glam Slam, which okay. was uh, was that not your mountain from the album? No, that was my time capsule. That was your time capsule. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I knew it was one of the ones that you mentioned. It was not your C. No. Um, so. How did it strike you to see this song as a B-side oh, to Glam Slam? Um, it was really good. It's so it's so funny and dirty. Um, funky? Oh, so funky. Shoot your evil all over the sheets. Ego. Oh, ego. ego. Oh, see, I thought it was evil. No, like, no. Oh. She can make you oh, shoot your ego things. all over your, your sheets. sheets. Oh. Yeah. 
That's cool. Misheard yeah. lyrics are fun too. Yeah, yeah. You could but... shoot your evil on the sheets if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I said it, it was... was the B side to Glam Slam. I'm sorry. It's the B side to I Wish You Heaven. Oh, my mistake. Wow, that's a that's a contrast. Yeah. Well, the whole tour was about contrast too. Yes. Black and white, good and evil, light mm-hmm. and dark. So my mistake. It was the B side yeah. for I Wish You okay. Heaven. Okay. Well, thank you for that correction. Oh yeah. Um, but man. That's a good song. It's is very danceable, very funny. I will not put it on the car with the children. No, no, not safe for kids for sure. Um, cool thing about that song, it was credited to you know an alter ego, Camille, and was mm-hmm. part of a configuration of an early album of Camille songs with this sped up, pitch altered voice of Prince's, where it yeah. almost sounds like a woman could be a man. Mm. You're not sure. Again, that ties into a lot of what Love Sexy was about, and that's a alter ego he would revisit for the rest of his career. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, so lots of dog and cat references, climbing trees, someone get this meow meow off my leg. No, no one was allowed to touch the pussy unless they were qualified. That's right. That yes, was... you had to be well vetted for this kitty cat. Mm-hmm. Yes, I. Yeah, it was And there you go. Again, somehow putting power in the hands of a woman through this song that's... Prince, our feminist friend. Yep. I love it. I love it. It was great. How about Alphabet Street? Um, So this one was uh, Alphabet Street. This is not music. This is a trip. So basically Mm -hmm. an instrumental extended version of Alphabet Street with um, pretty much the entire song in instrumental form. And then it goes and different directions left and right some additional instruments a little chance at the you know during parts not not very lyrical mm-hmm. um so it was primarily instrumental yeah primarily yeah. instrumental so it made it made a great b-side if you like alphabet street then it's fun to listen to to me mm-hmm. i like to revisit it every once in a while you know i wouldn't say it's like a typical prince b-side where the song goes in crazy different directions or there's some kind of alternate right. take on the song it's a little bit of the same to me. A lot of fun to to listen to, and um, there's even fans who have made mixes where they blended Alphabet Street, the album version, and tacked on. Mm-hmm. This is not music. This is the trip at the end. So yeah. you've got this mega mix of Alphabet Street that goes on for 12 minutes or as long as you can handle listening to it. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say I didn't love this the first time I listened to it, and I think maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace. And as I listened to it a, a few more times, I appreciated it a lot more. Man, his guitar work is amazing. Yeah, you got to listen to that one with headphones on. Oh, and yeah. Really, especially bass guitar in oh, Alphabet Street. Yeah. Lots of fun. Yeah, it's Lots really, really good stuff. I, I really love the this is not music this is a trip i thought it was super fun and i thought it was a really interesting commentary on love sexy as a whole that it was it wasn't an album it was an experience and it was kind of felt like he was saying that again hey don't forget yeah love sexy is an experience yes i think you're exactly right that does speak to the album and you know he revisits that approach to music throughout his career Mm -hmm. you know with the gold experience the beautiful experience right um the whole um aura around you know i'm not just recording music for you i'm doing much more if you'll just open your mind a little bit Mm -hmm. and i thought it was a fun double entendre with a trip is a an experience but it's also a drug reference correct that it was I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm glad you came around to 
appreciate it a little bit. I did happen to see your notes earlier in the uh-huh. week and wasn't quite sure that oh. well, you left them out, so I snuck a peek. Oh, well, it's turkey. You're not <laughs> supposed to sneak a peek. You're not supposed to leave them out on the kitchen table. <laughs> um, all right, the Glam Slam remix. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about it. I mean, it was fun, but it just... It it felt just longer to me. I didn't I didn't have the same experience with that. That was that it kind of spoke to me. Yeah, this isn't one of my favorite songs on the album to begin with, and the remix to me right. sounds very much like uh, Prince didn't have a large hand in it, which is true. Oh, it was really? Remixed by someone else. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, so there's not an awful lot of added material to it that comes from him. Um, so while it's a neat experience to listen to it, I've got it on, you know, 12 inch record and then we found a digital version for us to review, you know, with it not being my favorite really direction in the album. And, uh, then the, the, the remix of it to me sounds very dated. Yeah. I think too, I think I probably liked it a lot more when I was maybe 13 or 14. Right. I did listen, I did run some grooves into that record. (laughs) Back when record players were common in households. Yeah. Yep. Lots of synthetic strings and that yeah. kind of stuff in this that makes it... It's very 80s. It definitely... Very che- just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it adds a little bit extra cheese to it mm-hmm. when it was it was full of some cheese anyway. And cheese is good. Right. But here we've got a heaping helping of it and um, not really my cup of tea. Yeah. That's all right. Don't put cheese in my tea, please. <laughs> all right. Um, escape. The B-side. That's the real B-side to Glam <laughs> that's, Slam. That's B-side. Spoiler Glam alert. <laughs> Escape. Well, he this this song had a special place in the guy's heart because it was one of the opening songs for the Love Sexy tour. Mm-hmm. He drives out in his replica Ford Thunderbird, and yes. uh, the beat's already going, and he starts off with Escape. Snare drum pounds on the two and four. Mm-hmm. All the party people get on the floor straight from this song. So yeah. uh, it's a song that didn't make the album, but I enjoyed this song much better than Glam Slam or the huh. remix. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's actually an edit of this song also that's floating around. Uh, we listened to the, the the full version of the of the release mm-hmm. track. I thought it was a lot of fun. There was a there's another version of Escape that um, came out or leaked about three months ago oh. as part of an outtake collection. Uh-huh. That's an alternate take on the song, and really? it's a little less polished and a little oh. more funky. Ooh, and that's always good. I like it even more. Yeah. Um, but for this discussion, I wanted you to hear yeah. uh, what was released and what his choice was to release. That's super cool. I thought it very much hearkened uh, Bat Dance and the Batman soundtrack. Yeah. It there was a lot in that that reminded me of it. You know, the Bat Dance is something that we've listened to with the kids quite a lot and yep. it's very, you know, safe. It had the cartoon noises and little yep. screams and That's very true. telling prints sorts of marks on this particular piece of work. Yeah, lot, lots and lots of sound effects in this song. Yes. You can tell this is just Prince having fun, exper- yes. experimenting with different things. Mm-hmm. Um, again, don't expect every time you put on a Prince album to hear what you heard before because uh, that's not what it's about. Right. Yeah. All right. I wish you heaven uh, parts one, two, and three. Hallelujah. 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 Hundacilia. 
this has got to be my favorite Prince uh, remix or extended version of all time. Mixing in another unreleased song in part three, <laughs> Take This Beat, uh-huh. uh, was worked into this version of I Wish You Heaven. Just you hear the first three minutes of the song that was released as a single and what's on the album. And as we right. mentioned in the last podcast, it's sort of... A little bit of one note to me. It doesn't really go very far. And Yes, and I loved it. You loved it. I thought mm-hmm. that it was a little simplistic even for Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he can do uh, simple things to make beautiful music. Right. This was three minutes of the same simple stuff for me. A little mm. repetitive. But once the single version ends and we get a gospel version of Housequake. Yes. I was in. like, I'm, I'm like, this is why Josh likes it so much. Because here is Housequake. It was. It was the funky uh, God version yes. of Housequake mixed yes. in with this the song. Sweet Heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was good. It was almost like he was doing a parody of himself, but it wasn't it wasn't making fun of himself. He was remixing, reusing Yep. It was just a different approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've got that scratchy kind of Prince voice. This is one of the first times I can remember hearing this kind of gravelly Prince voice, like what you hear in My Name is Prince uh-huh. and some other songs where there's, he's not screaming, but it's kind of this gravelly, scratchy Prince voice in a kind of a spoken rap. Right. Talking about uh, his sister in the backyard eating pizza. <laughs> Sleeping yeah. on the roof. Yeah. It goes in so many different directions. You're like, what in God's name is this guy talking about? That's what I still think that every time I hear this song. <laughs> who cares? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> who does care? Who cares? It's awesome. But then the, uh, you know, when it gets into part three and he starts talking about take this beat. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I've got plenty mm-hmm. others. They're so fine. Yeah. He's almost making a proclamation that he's got more music than he knows what to do with people can take it people yeah. can leave it he doesn't care even then even, even then, then. Yeah, just 10 years into oh, his career he man. had he had so much music that it didn't matter and he can always make new music that was yeah. his thing always if he wanted new music he would make it yeah that's pretty amazing yeah i laughed at don't take my creamer <laughs> i thought it was funny yep lots of coffee fun. jokes yes all right well let's move on to the videos the videos, boy, there's these. nothing like fun. videos from the late 80s. Yeah, let me tell you, Alphabet Street. It was the 28th video released. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Um, the Hours Falls Model C guitar. Mm-hmm. It was custom for him. Very I read about cool. this. It's yeah. the first appearance. This is the first time we saw it. It kind of has that triangle shape to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, it's really... Yeah, pretty cool. So it's, it's weird and cool and very much the kind. Of, I love his guitars. I love their how unusual they are, how much he loved them. Yep, custom made for him at like yeah. a smaller scale than a normal human being too. So they fit him and were mm-hmm. lighter than you know a regular yeah. guitar, so he could move like he moves. Yeah, jump off of uh, pianos holding yep. his guitar. Yeah, no and, problem. Yeah. In heels. Yeah. Yeah. So Alphabet Street, this preceded the release of Love Sexy. It was a single that came out months before the album came out. And of yeah. course, the video came with it. Cheesy as all get out. I, I think I think he poured on the cheese on purpose on this one, yes, too. Yes, I think you're right. We've got the full green screen, uh, very homemade oh kind of God, feel to this. With his glam hair and makeup uh-huh. and uh, almost unibrow eyebrows. 
Um, he was just in a different place, but you see him dancing uh, to, to this music, and it's it's really cool. There's, so great. You can't help but love it. Yes, you really can't. And I read it was a really last-minute decision, and that they rented all of their equipment from a local cable company, and it was like, oh, it's like public access. It is public access. <laughs> it was public access. It very much looked like public access. The fake driving was hilarious and oh, camped yeah. up. Keep, keep an eye on Prince's handle on the steering wheel as the uh, car sort of crashes and he says excuse me baby he's mimicking (laughs) turning and the steering wheel goes nowhere it's truly beautifully awful yeah really very good and he played his guitar with gloves on at one point yeah I noticed that because why not yep you can get cold playing guitar in Minnesota um I think all the floating letters you know that made up here kind of built built upon the myth of what the song was about when it really was not about the alphabet in right. any way, shape, or form. But this made it even more radio friendly, yes. in my mind. Yeah. Um, and of course, because you've got to. It gotta, just looked fun, it colorful looked, letters. Yeah, all lots over of fun. The place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh-huh. real happy kind of song. And we yeah. talked in the last episode, you know, yeah. deep down, what's really there yeah. is really not radio friendly at all. I think you can't mention this video without uh, talking about the one frame with the hidden message. Uh, which was so cool. Yes. We, we talked about this last time, too, that Love Sexy was born out of uh, the album, uh, the Black Album. Right. Canceled, widely bootlegged, and here in the middle of this Alphabet Street Street video where you've got letters flying all over the place, they line up in one spot to, to read, don't, don't buy the Black Album. I'm sorry. That's awesome. So uh, it's probably his first public proclamation against bootlegs or you know material that he didn't want released that he knew was in wide circulation. Right. And then um, while we were watching this last night, we found a shot-for-shot remake of the Alphabet Street video made from Legos, <laughs> and it was ridiculous and wild and so fun it was a shot for shot remake of the video using these custom lego characters so hop on youtube and google and and look for uh lego alphabet street video i'll tweet that out and put it on the facebook page so you know be sure to come find us there so that you can get that it's good stuff i cannot believe i had not seen that before but to whoever did it they deserve the extra clicks they really do it's good stuff all right the uh, Glam Slam video, 29th. It was chore video. Yep. I, I, this may be my favorite part of Glam Slam, like, was this video just with Prince on a stage. It's where he always shined the brightest. Yep, I completely agree. This is the part that saves the whole song and the single for me is, um, you know, it, of course it's not live. I think it would have been even better had they recorded a live version Agreed. of the song. So obviously, obviously lip sync and he's playing an, an acoustic guitar throughout this. And I'm like, I don't really hear an acoustic guitar in this song, <laughs> but it sure looks cool to stand there on stage and have Cat crawling through your legs while you mimic playing it yeah exactly yeah the blindfold was really fun the um love god stop sign was really cool and we, uh, you have a book by uh, steve park and i yep. believe he painted that that was one of the first things that he did for prince exactly was yeah. that stop sign and um that book is 
picturing prints. It was really good. Yep, you can find it on Amazon too. Steve seems like a great guy. And yeah. He's got some awesome stories in that song, in that book. And this was uh, his kind of first introduction to the Prince world and the madness that ensues. Oh my gosh. Uh, one day you imagine. might be making an album cover, the next day he's stuck, you know, stuck. He's got the challenge of designing stage sets and hey we're filming a video in a couple days i need uh-huh. x y and z go and can i get a camel in the middle of the night in minneapolis no. yeah he can yeah uh, no he got a mountain lion or something but yes he can th- make something happen exactly the of uh, dancers on the sides that were doing the aerobics like yeah. behind the audience hilarious yeah, and was, really so 80s yeah very jane fonda vhs workout at home kind of thing yes mm-hmm. but but really the bright fun. colors those neon colors mixed yeah. with polka dots and different patterns that became sort of the statement you know as far as fashion goes for the album and the tour for sure yeah. for sure and then i also read <laughs> that uh, Eric Leeds and yep. Atlanta Bliss. Yes, saxophone uh, and trumpets. Yes, that for some reason they were playing violin, which I did notice. I saw that. Yeah. And I couldn't find anywhere that either one of these men actually play the violin. But they're playing the violin in the video. And I don't know why he wouldn't just have them with their saxophones and their trumpets. <laughs> well, there, there were there were there saxophones and trumpets in this song? I don't know. Oh, there also was an acoustic guitar that I could make out. Well, so I guess that's not point. an excuse. But Eric just seems like such a cool guy. Um, not that I've ever met him in person but very involved still releasing albums and we've got a couple cds that Mm -hmm. uh, he and saint paul signed and uh, we purchased so very cool and he's one of you know longtime prince band member playing sax on a number of uh, albums and on tour with him for many many years Uh, it was just a fun thing i Mm -hmm. think that hey here's a musician available there are strings in the song so why not let's have them Mimic playing. Yeah. Do you know Eric Leeds wasn't a fan before he started working with Prince? I did know that. Mm, so did I you know that was it was because his brother that he started working yes, with Prince? Yes, I did. That I did know. Yep. I, did. I uh, read that. Uh, Adam? Alan. Alan Leeds. Alan Leeds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, even if you're not a huge fan, somebody says, would you like to meet Prince? The answer is always yes. Oh, yeah. I think any any Prince fan that's listened to him forever knows that Eric added uh, a great sound to a lot of Prince albums. That oh, yeah. wouldn't be the same without him. No, for sure. All right. The I Wish You Heaven video. The 30th video. Video number 30. Mm-hmm. Filmed in Los Angeles prior, just prior to the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, it was directed by uh, Jean-Baptiste Modino, Mondino. Oh, Um, same guy who shot the album cover. Yes, the same guy who shot the album cover, which was so controversial. He shot the album cover in France, I believe. Um, He was a huge fan before he met Prince. Oh, yeah. I have not read that. He he was a little starstruck, from what I understand, the first time he met him and was very excited to work with him on this video. And see him naked. I don't know if that was the high point, but yes. Um, it was required for the job. Exactly. And this was interesting. Old Mr. Mondino also directed some Madonna videos, which was interesting because she also very much played with the mm. ideas of sex and religion intertwined. And that was this was his first 
time working with Prince, and it was very much, you know, a sex and religion combined, sex and God, spirituality combined. Um, Yeah, um, Mondino did Justify My Love in 1990, which was after this, but had done Open Your Heart with Madonna in 1986. You were schooling me on this guy. Well, you know, I got to be able to bring a little something. You know, that's, that's a song that didn't make it into our list of songs to listen to, but their duet between Prince and Madonna uh, was recorded during a Love Sexy era, too, called Love Song that was on Like a Prayer. Oh, so there's a lot of connection nice. there. Yeah. And they dated a little, from what I understand, or they were they had publicly fun. seen together. <laughs> yeah. So whether they were legitimately dating or not, but he's listed among his, her. It, I'm sorry. He is listed, no, she is listed among his people that he dated. Oh, all right. Yeah, so. They had fun together, we'll just call it that. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure all different kinds of things can be fun with Prince, so. (laughs) Um, So the video, the blue apple, very much an Adam and Eve theme. I wonder if it was really blue or if it was just the, there were some weird color effects going on this. Mm. It was a green apple is what I thought it was. It looked a little blue. blue at the beginning. It looked green later. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but definitely. I liked that it wasn't red. Definitely an Eve kind of reference. Mm. There was a sound effect of, you know, someone biting into an apple too. So yeah. again, I mean, this thing had some random stuff floating around. It's a scrolling video from right to left all uh one speed throughout the whole song so many princes you've got lots of princes you got lots of sheila e's playing you know a snare drum and Mm -hmm. you've got uh floating apples and pistols and the blue cloud i don't know there was no no death in this song again i think it was just mixing in some of the darkness from the love sexy tour Um, okay at the end of act one of the tour there's a gunshot and you think oh the evil side or the dark side of prince is now gone here comes the light side so maybe it was a subtle reference to that but it appeared at least twice in the video floating around and shot once on its own yes see guns do kill you can see well, it, right and I, there. I wrote it down to ask you about it. I'm, I mean, not that I'm glad you don't know, but I'm glad I didn't just like miss something blatantly obvious. Um, uh, the the pistol is a symbol that shows up throughout Prince's career too. In the, the early '90s, you know, he had the pistol microphone that he right. used, and it resurfaced later too. So I'm not saying there's a connection be- between the two, but the guy had, you know, he made a statement about guns a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting topical. All right, so let's. So since we talked about you know the gunshot at the end of Act Two in the Act One, I'm sorry, at the end of Act One yep. of the tour, the Love Sexy tour. Um, I did watch, and you watched a little bit of it with me. The uh, Wired special of the Prince Love Sexy, which yep. was uh, Wembley. Yep, everybody in the '80s and early '90s did at least who was anybody anybody who was anybody did a show at Wembley and released it as a live video or a live recording oh yeah this was no exception no and it was fantastic yeah I've watched that so many times I know it as well from the audio know it as well as the album so yeah. I could sing along with every note during the concert you know uh, which would be bad because it wouldn't sound very good. Oh well, ruin the experience I would listen. for you. Oh, it, it's perfect by the time I get to Prince in Heaven. 
Isn't that what we always say about worship songs? They're they're perfect by the time they get to God's ears. It'll be perfect by the time it gets up there. It's all yeah, good. but they gotta go through our ears first. So. <laughs> true, true. All right, so I had kind of I made a bunch of notes and then I kind of reorganized them so that we could talk about some of the overall themes. We could talk about them one at a time instead of just recapping the whole. Yeah, this was concert. a concert, a two-hour affair. So it's like going to see a, a movie, oh, essentially. Man, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, so much energy. Oh my goodness yeah the very first tour that prince did in the round too so there were um you know essentially no bad seats right very extravagant stage setup with you know we mentioned it earlier the replica of his ford thunderbird where he made a grand entrance during every uh concert and props galore basketball hoop fountain trellis fences man the stage design was just there was a swing that cat sat on with Prince singing, I want to be your lover. And that yeah. was, yeah. it was good. And Sheila E's drum kit was bananas. Her playing cymbals right up over her head. It was amazing. Yeah, definitely. You watch that and you're like, how did they do this tour for basically nine months straight? And just looked completely exhausting. Um, and so well choreographed, yet a little spontaneous too. The set list would change a little from night to night. Not a ton, because there was a lot of um, set-up props and that kind of stuff, but just exhausting. I was watching the end of it with you, watching Prince dance at the very last 10 minutes of this thing, thinking, how does he have the energy to do this now at the end of this two-hour set, and knowing that him and the band are going to go somewhere probably and play another two hours after this in an after show. Right. He always did amazing shows, like from beginning to end, from the beginning of the tour to the end of the tour. It wasn't like you got a bad show at the end of his tour. No, I think a lot of fans who've heard, uh, there's plenty of recordings circulating of this tour. It's widely, you know, bootlegged. There's a lot of soundboard recordings. The later shows that happened in 1989... I think the sentiment among fans um, was that he was starting to lose interest in this album. I mean, who could blame him after it was released in May of 1988 and, you know, in late winter of 1989, February of 89, he's still touring and playing the same set. And that's the kind of thing that drove him crazy during Purple Rain. Right. Where he's he's moved on and probably has two, maybe three new albums recorded by that time and is still touring in support of the one. Right. Uh, he's done not that not that it was they weren't good shows but that you know maybe his heart wasn't completely in it and you know he was moving on to the next phase i think but i think this concert was sort of the first time you could go to a prince concert and feel like you're getting not only just new material but a complete retrospective as well a greatest hits kind of thing where nobody left disappointed he hit all the high points of hits that he'd had Right. Over the decade well, before. Like the first half was, there was no Love Sexy material hardly in it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, well, and here we are, 40 minutes in, and we're now we're getting to the album, which, of course, you know, for a two hour show, you're going to, he would have been able to play the entire album two and a half times. It's got to be something else. That's right. I mean, you know, by then it seemed like, wow, you're watching a pop rock god at this point. He's got 10, 11 albums under his belt. And if you include the Black Album, another one that's widely known. And he played many songs from the Black Album during this tour also, which is baffling. Yeah, since he was so like... had such an objection to its release. Yeah, but the, the songs fit in perfectly with the first half of the show that was all about darkness and you yes. know, heavy funk and kind of the evil side of of Prince. And then 
uh, the second side being more about the light and God, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I thought the wrestle on the bed with cat, <laughs> it looked imp- improvised, but I know better. Yeah, I'm sure. Very, and, very but it was, it was great. I thought it was funny and really well done. And I think uh, for me, the highlight of the entire tour was the piano medley that he did on his own. Oh, um, gosh, yes. You know, he sits there looking like in this particular concert where he looks like a cross between Freddie Mercury and Liberace and has the talent of both of them wrapped into one guy mm-hmm. sitting at a baby piano in front of tens of thousands of people just ripping through, uh, you know, deep cuts and some well-known hits oh, also. Well, Starfish and Coffee wrapped and strange relationship man that was special it was yeah it was special i love the way he sang raspberry beret in this particular he let the he let the audience do the chorus for him and stopped and he looks around and goes Uh oh really really playful and a lot of fun very engaging that was i loved that i loved all the prince faces that we got there were some definite close-up prince faces with a little sweat on the brow and everything yes sweat on the brow his flirty camera face where he's looking right at the camera he knows he's playing to not only the audience that's right there in front of him but an audience that's gonna watch it later and he knows glam slam i thought was really it was him it was so much personality his Mm. performing persona was very in evidence there i could see some of the things we saw in concerts later and his disgusted concentration face oh i love that face it's so funny (laughs) yes there you go i thought that was great yeah i thought also you know you could think of love sexy as not really a super guitar driven album there's plenty of great guitar work on it but the guitar work that he did in concert during this you know he spent plenty of time just singing dancing then we had the piano medley. Uh, he picks up a guitar, and you want to see some funky faces. Yes. This is the place to look. That was always, the best part was always when he picked up a guitar and made the faces. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he was doing something amazing. Um, I thought this was a much more sexually suggestive concert than any of the ones we ever saw. Yeah. It well, was. you know, we started seeing him live it was after in the 2000s. His, yeah. Uh, no, it was 1997 was the first. Oh, that's true. We went to the Jam, Jam of the, the Year, Year tour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was our, our first concert. And it was, you know, it had, it was not a clean version of a concert, which is fine. But it was not nearly so suggestive by sure. the time we saw him. Even then, I mean, it wasn't really all nine years later. I mean, yeah. it's a long time, but over his extraordinarily long career you're right he was yeah. still very focused on the bedroom you know yes despite the fact that this is a sort of a gospel pop album mm-hmm. i thought the bob george stuff was really funny and edgy the skinny mf with the high voice oh yeah the i mean the self-deprecation uh-huh. and the, the the outfit change and the yeah. funky sunglasses he looked like oh the my guy gosh, from the designing Statue women of liberty sunglasses were hilarious <laughs> what a choice only prince could get away with that only yeah. prince could wear that and still command respect and but be funny and be sexy it's amazing yeah very cool and, and watching him sing or speak that particular song you know when the black album started circulating there were questions of well is this really prince's voice or is it wally from the band and a, a audio shifted kind of effect on the voice and then when you see prince perform it during this tour 
it blows my mind that anyone thinks that that's not Prince on record singing or speaking Bob George. It's, right. It could be no one else. And the part at the end where he prays before the cops get him, I thought, man, that is so timely. Leave it to Prince to speak to us 30 years later <laughs> to really come at it. Uh, let's talk a, a minute about the fashion. Oh, man, that graphic type clothing. You love it. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, bright uh, colors with... Love it. You know, simple type written on them. Well, we simple, but it was silly was and simple, fun. I really was, liked it. Yeah, some simple, some reversed. Sheila E's name yes. on hers being right reading, but reversed each letter. Right. Um, it really did. You got to hand it to Paisley Park Wardrobe Department for the costumes in this concert and this yeah. era because they are fabulous. They are really fantastic. Did, okay, so when he first comes out... First comes onto the stage, his arm reads Minneapolis, and okay. after his first costume change, it then said sound. I don't nah. know if you noticed that. Very nice. So it was, I was, he was the pioneer of Minneapolis sound. Very which cool. Yeah. yeah has such him. an influence across all kinds of music, all, all genres, all kinds of music. Every, everybody's been influenced by Prince if they're in popular music. Yeah. You know, all these years I knew. You know, obviously, I've seen him with the Minneapolis on a sleeve and with sound on the sleeve, but I never read them right. together that yeah. way. So, yeah. very, very nice. That catch. was, they were one right after the other. Um, man, and his hair is amazing. His dancing, sweating, still had all that volume and bounce, and still, like, he, you know, he'd been dancing for an hour when he sat down at that that piano oh yeah and his hair still looked fantastic which i'm like yeah, i need to find out what kind of product he uses in his hair because mine never looks that nice mine either <laughs> he had a team of specialists of course the we had talked a little bit about what a feminist he was i really appreciated sure. how drummer is typically a male role you very rarely see female drummers i love that he put sheila e in this position of power to play everything and the ladies were scantily dressed and danced very suggestively but it never felt like exploitation ever good really good point there was a lot of you know there's obviously he's after women but yeah. he's got a lot of respect for them too and like you said with sheila stepped out of the spotlight completely for yeah. you know drum solo that seems to last forever yeah and just focuses on her amazing yeah. talent yeah Very look cool. at her yeah. It was him saying, look at her, recognize her, recognize her talent. Yeah, I think that was something he was always good at, too, is, you know, he got a little tired of hearing his own voice and seeing his own face, so he was happy to step aside and let someone else uh, take the spotlight every once in a that while. That's an excellent point. All right, and then lastly, let's talk about some of the music that we haven't talked about that was in this concert. Um, I never realized that Alphabet Street was sort of an answer to head. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it that way. I hadn't either until he was singing head in this concert and cats dancing in front of him in a extremely suggestive manner. And mm -hmm. it all of a sudden clicked was like, oh, well, there was head. And then there's Alphabet Street. Aww. Yes, the yin and the yang. The, so to speak. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it might be the, the yang and the yin, but whatever. Yes, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with um, you. <laughs> I thought the cross was such a nice addition to this particular set of music that was so focused on the good and the evil, the sex and the religion. 
Yeah, definitely. And it was a beautiful mm. rendition. It was very well done, and it almost felt like, wow, is this? He could do this instead of Purple Rain. Oh. This is sort of a replacement for Purple Rain during the Love Sexy tour. Really, and, you know, just a a personal song too. I think kind of uh, more gritty. Down to, earth, down to earth kind of side of Prince. I always love the cross. The album version is yeah. so folksy. Uh, and then you hear it in concert here and it is just an all out jam fest, you know, mm-hmm. with, um, just a, an incredible way to, you know, experience that song. I liked the, in that same kind of vein, there was a God is Alive chant. Yeah. Um, combined with Kiss. Mm-hmm. Also, God and Sex really... Yeah really a nice way to bring up a hit without just bringing up the hit to please the crowd to really work it into the theme of the entire set list and the entire show yes i think the tour this tour was really focused around introducing this new music for for love sexy but he covered all his bases first it was almost like i'm gonna make you happy and then I'm going to open your eyes to something new. And right. even on the songs that he, from his back catalog that he played, most of them were completely reworked, um, yet totally recognizable. There were a lot of medleys, but he didn't yeah. leave you feeling short-changed. Like, oh, that's all I get to hear of Let's Go Crazy. Mm-hmm. There was plenty to enjoy and whet your appetite. And then, um, as he would say later on, you know, he's not interested in what you know, but what you're willing to learn. Yeah, he is a master. Nobody can manipulate your experience at a show that way yeah it's we're spoiled we are well we were spoiled now we can get spoiled by just reliving it all i'm still spoiled because nobody ever quite lives up and then um my final note on that was just that he really never seemed to tire of playing purple rain he seemed to really enjoy it in this show he seemed to enjoy it every time we saw him yeah that's really true i think it was I don't know if it was on George Lopez or one of the uh, late night shows that he did in the mid 2000s. He was asked, you know, is there one song that you enjoy playing the most? And he did admit that Purple Rain was it. So while I'm sure that he could uh, move on without it, he didn't want to leave that behind. And, you know, it's a reason that people come to see him. So, well, wasn't there a point when he said he was going to put all the hits aside and only play new stuff? I remember seeing him on the Today Show with Matt Lauer and. Matt Lauer asking him what will you miss the most and he said Purple Rain and you know then he never really gave it up as no. far you know he did was... that a number of times you know the end of the Purple Rain tour when Around the World in a Day was released the very last part of that album you know was him saying goodbye I don't know when I'll return he's retired from touring that kind of thing right I think he's just setting the stage for another challenge and you know later on to see what he can do to top what he just did right which I can totally appreciate but he didn't really give it up which is fine I'm no complaints for me all right so it is time to do our mountains and our sea and our time capsule let's start with the time capsule because I think we always should end on our mountain all right go ahead alphabet street video is the time capsule? It's the time capsule for sure, just yeah. because it was so indicatively 80s. And even though Glam Slam had some things in it that were like the aerobics dancers and the fashions and different things that were so very 80s, I really thought the green scream with the cheesy acting that was intentionally cheesy and that it was last minute and felt very last minute was very much, it was. 1988. Yeah, I know. I can't really argue with that at all. That was definitely the feeling of the late 80s. 
Um, for me, I went bigger with my time capsule. I'm oh. saying that the Love Sexy Tour is the time capsule yeah. because I think if you look back over all the tours that this guy embarked upon, the Love Sexy Tour is truly epic and holds a special place in the heart of every Prince fan everywhere. So like I said earlier, it was the first time that you kind of felt like, wow, this tour is not only uh, about a new album, but a terrific retrospective of what seemed at the time yeah. like a decade old career. And look at all the material this guy had. And a decade old career that, you know, most most people, let's face it, by the time they've been out for a decade, they're at the end of their musical career. And he was nowhere near that. Oh, yeah. He was only, you know, if you do the math, he was basically one third of the way through his career by the time this, you know, came around. So this was maybe the height of his uh, commercial popularity, though. Yeah. And also a lot of Prince fans would argue it's also the start of his uh, recoiling from being a popular figure. That would be, you know, of course, the next album is the Batman soundtrack, which was widely popular. But a lot of that is because it was, you know, this giant movie, this Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers movie this behemoth of Batman but you know a lot of people kind of categorize the golden age of Prince music being from you know 1980 through 1988 is where things started to change for some people and it definitely changed it was changing between 80 and 88 too wildly popular tour also this thing was um, hailed by critics everywhere um, for good reason. But failed to really make money for him. He was oh, really? the tour I didn't, know that. didn't make money till the wow. very last leg because it was so expensive, expensive. to travel. Uh, despite the fact that almost every stop on the tour was sold out, it was so expensive and so over the top that oh. it wasn't a moneymaker at all. Right. Oh, which is well, amazing. That's, well, that's why artists normally tour. Exactly. So they, money. That, that wasn't part of this. So. And that may also, a lot of people say, well, that's why he turned to Warner Brothers and agreed to do the Batman soundtrack to turn things around. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So the C, would you like to share your... Oh, yeah. The C for me is an easy one here. I think I've got to go with the tour book, the cover of the tour (laughs) book, man. Yeah, man. We've got got Prince with clown makeup. Yeah, it, it was... I see where he was trying to do the gender bending... Is this a man? Is this a woman? Man, it kind of fell flat, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I respect it. You know, you know, here's an artist exploring different things, but I'm just saying, thank goodness this was limited to just the tour book and some posters. This wasn't the album cover. I mean, it's amazing when you say, I think the album fared better with Prince naked on the cover than him dressed up. No, and for sure. What was on the cover. <laughs> for sure. Uh, it just, it was, you know, although I've got to admit, I had a poster of this picture on my wall. Did you really? Grade. I did. Would not have been my choice. But to me, that's, I mean, this is a glamorous era of Prince music that it's hard to fault in any way, shape, or form, but right. we force ourselves to do it. So for me... <laughs> Uh, it was the over-the-top makeup uh, on the cover of the uh, tour book. That that's my C. Yeah, my C of of the things we've talked about. I would say the Alphabet Street remix. It was good. It was definitely his artistic vision as far as the instrumental version of it went. It's not my bag. Yeah, it was an experiment. You know of mm-hmm. you know. I would guess that almost every song he's got, he's got an Alphabet Street, this is not music, this is a trip version of it. Yes. Laying around somewhere um, that's just toying with the song, taking it to different places, trying to figure out where it can go. Um, So this is a case where he opened the door, let people in to see it. I can see why. Yeah. Uh, It didn't strike you as the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. And it it pains me to say that because I really like the whole, like, the chant of the, this is not music, this is a trip. I really enjoyed that part of it, but... 
Oh, there's so much else to love. That's okay. Yeah, that's very true. All right, so my mountain is Scarlet Pussy because it's so funny and dirty and everything that I like most about my absolute favorite Prince songs is him being funny and dirty. And well, this is yeah. this is the funniest and dirtiest thing about all of the things that we've taken a look at. Yeah, that's really true. It kind of stands out as uh, a unique song to kind of appear in the Love Sexy era. Yeah. For sure. How about yours? Oh, I think this is easy. You can call it. You could have called it on the first I, episode. I, 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 yes. Uh, it's the I Wish You Heaven parts one, two, and three. Yep. That song is... Every minute of it is glorious to me. Um, it makes really the even first, the first three it minutes. It makes the first three minutes. You know, I know what's coming. You know how much I like Christmas Eve because I know what's coming next. <laughs> this is uh, this is like that. The first three minutes of I wish you heaven. I'm just anticipating it to kick into another gear. <laughs> and I love the fact that I have it on a 12 inch record. It's so hard to find on a digital version. It was released on like a mini disc that would oh, be difficult to even play today. So I do wish there would be a remixed digital version that um, would come out for us to all sink all sink our te- teeth into again. Yeah. Well, here's hoping. All we can do is cross our fingers. Well, thank you so much, Josh. That was fun as always. We'd like to thank Prince Vault and Prince.org. For sure. Thanks, guys. Yeah, lots of great stuff. So uh, you can find us and links to lots and lots of the stuff that we've talked about on our Facebook page, the TMATS podcast, The Mountains and the Sea, T-M-A-T-S podcast is on Facebook. You can email us at tmatspodcast at gmail.com or find us on the tweets, TMATS podcast. So the next time, a couple weeks, we're going to talk about uh, the symbol album. The love symbol album. The love symbol is how album is how it's listed on Apple Music. I don't know how it'll be listed on your whatever you're listening to it on. Um, I'm excited about this one. This is it's some good stuff. It's twice as long as Love Sexy, and there's a. I was looking at the track listing, reminding myself what exactly was on it, and like I love all these songs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a lot to explore on that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. We'll see you again soon.